World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. <laughs> hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, something's going on in our life technologically that is crazy. And a lot, a lot of it has to do with my email. I don't know what's going on with my email. I used to get up in the morning, literally, I would have, uh, uh, I don't know, 150, 200 emails. Now I get up in the morning and I got 10 maybe. And I even email myself. And like I'm talking to my producer right now, I send him stuff and he doesn't get it. And then I resend it to myself and I don't. So here's the point. You're not worried about my emails. Here's my point. If you folks out there are emailing me and I don't respond, I'm, not, I'm probably not getting it. I don't know what's going on. I have several different emails, several different email accounts. I rely heavily on Gmail, which is probably really stupid. I probably, I got another another account. <clears throat> uh, what's the name of that one, that good one, that hidden one that everybody has? But I hate to move over there because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked on Gmail, right? So, you know, Proton, thank you, Paul. Yeah, I have a Proton mail account. <clears throat> I probably should start using that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So if you're you're emailing me and you're not hearing back from me, there's a reason why, okay? Just let you know that up front. And then the, yesterday, technologically, when my computer wouldn't boot up, that was a, like, um, that was crazy stuff. That was crazy. Don't know what's going on. Uh, today's my dad's 104th birthday. 104 years old. And, uh, you know, we all carry uh, Holy Spirit, just be with us here, Lord. The words of our lip meditation, our heart be pleasing in your sight. Amen. Everybody has a father wound. Everybody does. And, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the problems with being a father is you probably learned how to be a father from your dad. And if your dad wasn't a very good father, you've probably fathered your children the exact same way. And I love my dad. My dad was, uh, you know, my dad was an old hillbilly and uh, a Melungeon crawled out of the hills of, um, bear with me a second. This is, this is relevant. Crawled out of the hills of Sugar Grove, Ohio, down south of Lancaster. Melungeons, we were Melungeons. I've gone through that before. Tried to explain all that to you. My dad's father um, was gone all the time. He worked for the, uh, the Ohio Gas Company, they called it. My dad was born in 1919. So my, my dad's dad worked for the Ohio Gas Company, and he was gone all the time. He'd go work up at Shelby, Ohio, and dad, there were seven kids, and dad was next to the youngest of seven kids. And so my dad really grew up probably without a father. And if he, if he, if he had anything from his father, I mean, who knows what it was, right? And so when it comes time for my dad to have children, he had five of us, my dad did what all dads did. He worked. My, my, my father, from the time I can remember, he worked at a Kaiser Aluminum. He was just a factory worker. And I'm not belittling factory workers because that was the backbone of America back in those days, wasn't it? I mean, that was it. it was, the war was over and the economy was booming and everybody went to work at the factory. So dad went to work at Kaiser Aluminum in 1951, maybe 52, I think. And he worked at Kaiser. That was his life. That was his life. Now, he coached our little, little league ball teams, did all that kind of stuff. But, but for the most part, he took us to mass. We were, dad, dad, was a, dad was raised Catholic. No, no, I'm sorry. I told you that wrong. He, yes, he was raised Catholic. Dad, my dad's grandfather was Lutheran. My, my grandpa, when he wanted to marry my grandma, he had to convert to Catholicism to marry her. Remember those days, right? So my mom, my grandma was a Catholic. My dad was a Lutheran. When they got married, they would raise the kids in, in Catholicism. But grandpa wasn't a Catholic. And so dad was a Catholic and and not making fun of Catholicism. When he raised us, he raised us in the Catholic church, Catholicism. They took us to church every every Sunday. He was good. He was good and all that stuff. But dad worked all the time. 
My dad worked double shifts all the time at Kaiser Lumen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody else's father did that? And he would, he would go off. My dad would go to work at seven in the morning and he would come home at midnight. He'd work a double shift and he would, he would sleep and he'd get up and he'd go do that. And that went on all throughout all my, all my high school, all my growing up days. And as a result, especially my two older brothers, they looked for, they looked for somebody to father them someplace else. I was lucky in that I was a jock. And so I had coaches. I had male role models who kind of walked me through those turbulent. I didn't drink, didn't smoke. I didn't do drugs, all that stuff through high school because I was constantly playing ball. And here's my mom trying to raise all of it, raise the the four boys and one girl in the the, the 1970s, right? 60s and 70s. You remember what those turbulent times were like, right? Holy crime. So to be honest with you, I didn't really learn how to be a dad. I think that's probably most of you out there as well, too. Most of you can probably tell pretty much the same story that I'm telling about my own father, who who I loved and he loved us. But I never I remember him one time writing a note to my, my mom because he was gone all the time. I remember him writing his a note to my mom. He kind of left it on the table. Something's uh, it wasn't a love note. It wasn't something like that. We in our house, we had a note tablet. If you when you left the house, you had to write on the note tablet where you were gone. Mom, I went to Debbie's house. Or Don, and so there I'd be where I went, and there's where Dan went, and there's where Joe went. And we knew where everybody was, and there's a notepad we kept, kind of a history. And I remember Dad wrote down one thing one time to Mom, said, well, I'm off, I'm off to work again, just doing what my, my job is to provide for my family. See, that's what my father thought being a father was all about, providing for his family. And he did. Put, put four of us through college, working at a factory worker. Can you imagine that today? But he was gone all the time. One brother became a hippie and another, I mean, crazy, 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 crazy. So what you saying, coach? Well, you learn to be a father by the way you were fathered. And there's a real fatherhood crisis in the world today because men, men aren't doing that job very well. Men go out and get women pregnant. And then uh, if they don't abort them, they marry them for a year and then they divorce. And then the woman raises the kids. Somebody say amen. No. Right. Because we, the, the, the government is determined that the father is really not important. The government will raise your children. And so it's been the destruction of marriage. Yada, yada. So I'm saying all that to say that uh, today would have been my dad's 104th birthday. And I, I honor my father. And I know if he, if he were to come back, he would probably do a lot of things differently. Can you, can you imagine? Folks, can we even imagine what it would have been like in the 1960s and just come back to the Second World War and the economy's booming and you're working double shifts and all of a sudden there's LSD out there, and marijuana, and free sex. and all. Can, can, you, can you even imagine how you could have possibly kept up on the times? So here we are today. See, we have a different crisis going on, but it's just as real as the crisis that we went through in the 60s and the 70s. And for the most part, the average dad doesn't have any idea to deal with all the problems that are going on around them. And we have mass media and information world and everything's coming at us so fast that uh, we, to be honest with you, we don't, the average guy doesn't know which, which end is up. And so I just want to, as uh, uh, I just want to honor my dad today on his 104th birthday and say, thanks dad for doing everything that you could do. And uh, as, as Dale Sosha so aptly puts it, um, my, my, a man is supposed to rule the, the woman rules the house and the man rules the home. Boom. But in the Dobbenmeyer house, mom ruled the house and the home. Dad went out and earned the money and mom made all the, uh, anybody, anybody grow in a home like that? And so because we didn't have those good, strong male role models as fathers, father knows best, we, we, didn't, we didn't grow up like that in the 60s and 70s. Father didn't know best. Dad was off working. Was off working, and all of a sudden you go to college and tune in, turn on, drop out. Timothy Leary and uh, feels good do it, and wow, <laughs> what a time! So we we are, uh, yeah, right now. Imagine now both parents work, both parents work, and so you know my my wife would say to me, "Just stay with me a second. I'm going somewhere." So my wife would say say to me, "Well, you get off the internet, and it's like, dude." Although I don't call my wife, dude, dude. I'm relaxing. I've been at it all day and I'm just sitting here kind of vegetating. Well, the reality of it is while I'm sitting there vegetating, getting caught up on the emails and all that kind of stuff, the kids are living and they're, they're running around out any direction at all because it's so hard for us to understand 
the times in which we live and the distraction that the enemy's thrown to us to try to separate the families. Because folks, family values are passed down through the family. They're not passed down through the school. They're not even passed down through the church. Family values are passed through the family. And I look back on my life and I say, my goodness, I was so busy coaching everybody else's kid that I kind of neglected my own son, not on purpose, but he was part of the team and he would come to the practices and he would hear everything. But I think probably if we were to go back, there was probably a longing in my own son's heart just to have me be his dad, not his coach. The daughters were a little bit different because I wasn't their coach. I was their dad. I was a coach, but I was their dad. And I watched over him and I directed him and I I said things that needed to be said and told him how they could dress and all all that kind of stuff. So I treated our daughters differently than I treated our son. And I'm going to tell you, I got in trouble in my own family because last week I posted a, 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 a meme on Facebook saying, I can't, talking about how girls are dressing for the homecoming. I've just posted a meme. Said my I'm, the meme said something like, "John, can you go there and see if you can find that on my I'm on my uh, Facebook page?" Because folks, this caused stay with me, okay? This this caused uh, this caused turmoil beyond what you can go on. Clear on down, John. You'll see a picture. It'll just be a red meme at some point, and I've just make a common statement about the way people are dressing for homecoming. Johnny, you'll find it here in a second. Well, uh, right there it was there it was it says, "Look, folks." Go down one more. Go down. Go down. Go down. Come on. Coming. Go on. Go on. Keep coming. Go on. Keep coming. Keep coming. Look, folks. Is that it? No. 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 Go again. I'm coming. Come on. I want you to see it because this is important. Okay. Oh. Oh man. I didn't know it'd be that far ago. I simply made this statement. I can't believe what girls are wearing to the home. There it is. This. This. This blew up. In style, I posted, sorry, our daughters would never go to homecoming half-dressed. Oh, my goodness, did things blow up. Did things blow up. Why? Because most of the, are you looking at me? Most of the girls that are going to the homecoming half-dressed are going to the homecoming half-dressed because dad didn't stand up and say anything about it. Amen. It's in style. Well, it's in style. Well, it's in style. I'm going to tell you something. If my daughter, one of our daughters, tried to walk out in today's homecoming dresses, there would have been a war. They would never have left my house looking like that. Now, what happens? Some who weren't fathered get mad at me. You guys tracking with me? I don't know how I got on this, but I'm going to write it till I get off of it, right? Because why? The influence of a strong man in the home doesn't rarely exist anymore. And if the strong man does exist in the home, he's not a loving strong man. He's a tyrant. He's a tyrant. And it's, it's, a, it's a strong, strong balance. I, I remember when I was growing up as a kid, specifically, I've said this many times. If I would go ask my dad if I could do something, my dad would say, go ask your mom. Go ask your mom. Uh, in our home, Abby or Maggie would ask my wife, and she'd say, go ask your dad. Folks, isn't that the way it's supposed to flow? Isn't my job as a father to protect my children more than my wife? She's a mother hen. I'm the authority figure. I am the father, right? Because some of us have done such a lousy job as a father, they don't want to receive the father as an authority over him. Happy 104th birthday to dad. We'll, we'll say that. Had a great opportunity last night. John Diamond's here. He's probably still asleep. I told him to catch up and get some rest. He's upstairs. That guy, man, that guy goes and goes and goes and goes. Been away from his home for seven days. He's got four children. John, maybe I'll talk to John about get, get your ass back home. Take care of those boys. But you see, you can't because we're trying to save the world, aren't we? trying to save the world. And so last night I had the opportunity to go hear Dr. Frank. Do you guys know who Dr. Frank is? The election expert, Dr. Frank. Uh, three hours last night, John Diamond and I went down and li- listened to him. And I, I came I came away 
Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Because here's what Dr. Frank said last night. <clears throat> Evidence in America means nothing anymore. Evidence means nothing. You can gather all the evidence that you want. Evidence means nothing. And the reason evidence, he said when he got, when he first got off the, on the track of fighting against the stolen election, which he has overwhelming evidence, without a doubt, the election was stolen. He showed charts and yada, yada, yada last night, without a doubt. He said, listen, evidence doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because the people who are in authority are in authority for a reason. And you can present all the evidence that you want to them. They are not going to do a damn thing about it. And so he tries to warn us last night. Seven steps. Johnny, I sent you a seven-step uh, standalone email. At least you should have gotten it. Did you get that one? It was a second email. Pull that one up there. And he took us through this last night in regards to I've, I've, I want to pound myself on the chest because we're, we're all over it here, okay? We're all over it. But he says he travels 300. Can, can you believe this? He travels 300 days a year. He has Mike Lindell's personal phone number, talks to him regularly. He speaks to President Trump regularly. He, he, he's in the know. He's connected. And he's trying to tell all of us everything is local. Everything is local. He's for Trump. He's a MAGA guy. But he said, listen, that is not the solution. The solution is what? Local. Local. So he shared with us last night seven steps because this is Amen. so critical. And I think what Randy's doing and Jeff Klein's doing and what we're all trying to do here, everybody getting involved locally. Everything's local, 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 because you can still impact local so it's seven steps, and then I'll put this in the chat. I just took took a picture. Like, do you know he did? He says his Facebook page gets gets pulled down all the time. His website gets destroyed all the time. They are on, in an assault after this guy. It's, it's amazing. I'm, I'll get him on the show, but he needs a week. So here are seven steps. He said, "Step." Can you make it just a little bit longer, John? Over his last, thanks, Johnny. Over the last few years that he's been working. Folks, this is valuable information for you, okay? Right here is valuable information. Because he said when he, when he started out uh, doing the elect election evaluations, he thought if I just get the evidence and present it to him, and he had all the evidence. He had all the proof. He had everything through Freedom of Information Act. He had everything. He can show you every place where fraud took place, how it happened, and they don't care. Would you all repeat after me? They don't care. Okay, they don't care. They don't care. So he said, "Here, if we really want to win, he said, after his last three years of experience, here's what you got to do. I'm just going to give you a quick rundown, which he gave us last night. Three hours, and my jaw was constantly on the on the ground as he was showing us proof, 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 proof. Hey, folks, it's not the machines were hacked, which they were. It's mail-in ballots." Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Boy, he connected a dot for me last night. He said, do you remember? He said, do you remember the election between George W. Bush and Al Gore? Remember those hanging chads? Remember those hanging chads? What year was that? 2000? Y'all remember that, right? Those hanging chads. And they showed us all the videos of the hanging chads and all that kind of stuff. He said that was all designed to give us uh, electronic voting. It was all designed to create in our mind the idea that you can't do a, you can't mark it on a ballot anymore. That's the whole, that's what that whole thing was about. Was to, to create doubt in the mind of the American that you cannot count paper ballots. We got to go electric. We got to go electric ballots because, man, look at these hanging chads. And remember that guy looking at it? He said, that was all set up for where we are. All of it. And if we don't understand that the reason, then they are not ripping off our elections through voting machines irregularities, which they are. He said it's the fraudulent people on the voter emails, on the voter lists, on people who are on the lists, who don't even live there, who have died. He said at least, at least, 
25% of our voter rolls, at least, are, are no good. They're no good. People have moved. People have died. They, they don't live there. But that those who are in control know those people are still on the rolls. And what do they do? They fill out ballots for them. Did you know that in the last election, 58, are you sitting down? 58% of all votes cast in America were mail-in. 58% of all votes cast in America in the Donald Trump election, 58% were mail-in ballots fraudulent mail-in ballots. And then what happened on election night was not that they messed with the machines, but they stopped because they had in reserve all kinds of mail-in ballots. They had all of them. And they had to get those mail-in ballots to the places where they could count them. That's what happened. Yes, the machines are rigged. Yes, they are. But it's all local. So here's what he said, and then I'm going to move on here. Number one, get connected. To make a significant difference, please don't go it alone. Time is short and there are too many lessons to learn. Avail yourself of the experience and resources that other patriots are willing to share so that you can avoid the common pitfalls. He said, if you just go out on your own, you're going to go down a bunny trail and you're going to, <laughs> you're just going to miss it. They're just going to run you out. Number two, get organized. Start by assembling a small local team of selfless, like-minded patriots who believe strongly in the team objectives. You need at least seven core people. You need a team leader, a data person, a promoter, a recruiter, a researcher strategist, and an activist. Meet together in person to strategize and begin developing a local plan on your own election, your own local elections. He, he cautioned us last night here in Ohio. He's worried about issue one. Because it's all rigged, folks. It's all rigged with the mail-in ballots. It's all rigged with the mail-in ballots. See, what Republicans don't rig. But see, Republicans don't care because the system is set up in such a way that they get to remain in office as well. Number three, implement a plan. Every local situation has resources that can be exploited. Start local. Identify which officials are likely to be supported. Don't go to your sheriff. It's a waste of time. Don't report it to your sheriff. I'm not going to read that. Well, okay. Yes, I need to. And which will oppose you. Find out which ones will work with you and which ones will approve. Uh, your county commissioners may not help you. Acquire election data, research your state and local laws, and begin developing relationships with local levy officials. Get training from other patriots already engaged in this national effort. Local effort, nationally too. Number four. Do the work, hold regular meetings, analyze the data that you have, begin testing neighborhood canvassing strategies, continue researching official record laws and affidavits, plan and promote monthly events to report progress and create public. I'm not going to read all this, but this was an absolute unbelievable plan to build a movement, build a move, a local move. That's what we're trying to do here, Coach Dave, isn't it really? Isn't that really what we're trying to do? Trying to encourage all of you to build a local movement. And to understand this, that your local officials, are you looking at me? Most of them don't give a chit. Most of them do not care. They do not care. They're elected. They're not going to get involved with it because they know the way the game's played. The sheriff is not going to investigate it because he understands the way, the way the game's played. And he knows this. If they stall long enough, the issue will go away and soon then it will be the next election. And the only way that this is going to change is if we begin locally, locally to put pressure on these guys. Okay? Man, oh, man, oh, man. Uh... I'm not nearly anywhere I want to go yet. I see your hands are raised. I'll get to them. I want to play something. I want to salute publicly. Evidence means nothing. Evidence means nothing. Folks, we are engaged. Engaged. I want to. Abraham Lincoln said, four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. And now we are engaged in a great spiritual war. It's gone from a civil war to a spiritual war, folks. 
the Luciferians are in control. And the only way we have any opportunity of taking it back is if we organize locally. You have to Amen. organize locally. You have to open. You can still, you can still, Dr. Frank said, you got to go to the, God wanted to give him a big hug. You got to go to your county commissioner's house. You have to go to the election, the, what's her name? The recorder, the election. You got to go to her house. You have to put pressure on them personally. You have to make them feel the heat, right? Don't go to the sheriff. He ain't going to do anything about it. He'll say he'll open an investigation, but he ain't going to do a damn thing about it. Why? Because he knows we will all go away. Right? Evidence means nothing. What was I going to show you? Oh, I'm going to show you something. I got to do this real quick. Pull up inalienable, John. I didn't, num- I didn't number them this morning. I didn't number them. Folks, there are dark, dark forces that are at work behind our government. And, uh, oh, my goodness. Inalienable right. Now, I want I want to. We all these truths to be self-evident. All men are created and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Now, some say inalienable. Some say inalienable. Why? Because, look, do you see in the middle of that word, L-I-E-N, lean, lean. What is a lean? John, pull that up there. Pull that up there. I went to the dictionary this morning. Ah, it's a cat. Lean. I gave it, I gave it, no, John, I'm sorry, John. I gave it to you. I didn't number it. It's number, it's right under inalienable. It's lean. Okay, folks. A lien. You guys know what a lien is? You know what a lien is against your property? You know what it is? When somebody comes and says, oh, you didn't pay your bill? Okay, we're going to put a lien on your bill. We're going to hold your property until you pay up, and then we'll take that lien off. You guys understand that, right? A lien is a lien is an encumbrance of one's personal property to secure a debt that the property owner owes to another person. The statement that someone's property is tied up describes the effect of liens on real personal property, okay? So look. An inalienable, inalienable, uh, means not, means they cannot do anything to take control of your rights. They are inalienable, inalienable. Your right to show up at, 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 at uh, Washington, D.C. is inalienable. Are you tracking with me? Yeah, you're tracking with me? The Constitution guarantees us inalienable rights. That's what it is, right? That's what it is. And an inalienable right is a personal rights held by an individual which are not bestowed by the law, by the custom or belief, and which cannot be taken away or given. Hey, folks, they, they cannot. Now, this will not hold up in a court of law, but it'll hold up in God's law. Listen, listen, folks, they cannot by force of taxation, force you to support things that you are uh, religiously against. The right for you to say, I will not be forced to give my money to the devil is an inalienable right. Do you understand that, friends? Do you understand it? But they drag us into a courtroom where the courtroom says, well, wait a minute, your rights come from the government. That's why they want to have the separation between the church and state. Because if they can tell you that your rights come from the government, then the government can take away your rights. But what we have been given are inalienable rights. They cannot take your rights and use them or hold them in. Take away your right because of something they have attached to. Are you, start, are you, are you getting it? Huh? See, the U.S. Constitution recognizes certain uniform right, universal rights Cannot be taken away by legislation. Cannot. And they are beyond the control of a government being naturally given or God-given to every individual at birth. My right to show up at Washington, D.C. and petition my government is inalienable. They cannot do what they did to the... They can't do what they did to Isaac. They can't do it. 
And can I tell you what else? They can pass all the freaking legislation they want. They cannot make me pay tax dollars to a government that's killing babies. Because what? My religion says no. And my freedom of religion is inalienable. You get it, friends? You get it? You get it? And so what they did, they came in, they told us that there was a separation between the church and state. And they took away your your God-given inalienable rights. And said, well, you have those in the church. You have those. But you don't have those rights when it applies to government. You see, the, you see the, what they've done to us? So that's what they've done to us. So you're in a... Are you looking at me? Your skin color is inalienable. You, can't, you, can't do, you cannot change it. You can't do anything about it. Your sex is inalienable. It, no, but, no, uh-uh. it, it is immutable, cannot be changed. And your right to be able to stand up and say to your government, I will not pay income tax to go spend it in the Ukraine, go spend it at Hamas. I, I, I'm against that. It's against my religious beliefs. Is inalienable. But we're not willing to go to jail and die for those inalienable rights. Am I tracking with me out there? Do you see where we are? Do you see the mess we're in? Do you know this, folks? Do you know that the Constitution of the United States tells us what election day is? You know, you know that, don't you? The second Tuesday in November is National Election Day. Friends, that's inalienable. <laughs> they can't they can't make it 30 days. Why do they make it 30 days? I want I want to ask you something friends. Did they have early voting? Wait, a minute, let me let me back up for a second. Would it, is it easier to vote to get to your polling place today or back in 1922 when everybody was riding horses? But in 1922, election day was election day. Were no mail-in ballots. You, if it, it mattered enough to you, you showed up and voted. And what did they do to us? Well, they told us, well, those poor black people, they can't vote. Those poor black people, why, they can't get to the polls. Wow, those poor, those, see, it's reverse racism, isn't it? Those reverse racism. Those poor black people, why, they're so stupid, they can't even figure out how to vote. So we got to give, we got to, we got to give them more time. Because, you know, those black people, they can't even get around. They don't have cars. Uh, well, no, hell, they, a lot of them, they don't know how to. Do you see the reverse racism? And so they tell us, oh, these poor people, they can't vote. So they change it for everybody. And this is just a sham, just a scam, just a sham scam. Because if it, it doesn't matter enough for you, if voting doesn't matter enough to you that you can't get there on Tuesday on Election Day, then damn it. Don't vote. Or do an absentee ballot. You can do an absentee if you have the right reason. And I don't, I don't know about you guys. I got a mail-in ballot the other day. I didn't even solicit it. It came to me. And so I'm, 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 I'll open it up here. Dr. Frank told us this. Friends, the elections are being stolen not by machines, although they are. The, the elections are being stolen by mail-in ballots, ballot harvesting. People who have registered to vote, they find out that some people have registered. They'll pick They'll pick an address, just pick any address, a vacant lot, and they'll find that there are 20 people registered to vote at that late vacant lot. And then when the ballots are mailed to that vacant lot, somebody picks them up. Somebody, somebody goes and gathers. And then what do they do with them? Well, they mark them. And then what do they do? Well, then they mail them in. He said, this is, this, it's being done through fraudulent ballots. Yes, the machines. But the reason they stopped the election, uh, the Donald Trump election, the reason they had that pause at night was because, again, they had to go get some ballots. The ballots were hidden someplace, already filled out for these fake addresses and these fake people. The machines couldn't cheat enough. They had to go get the ballots, ship them in, run them through the machines. And the ballots were fraudulent. That's why they need a month. 
to do it. That's why they told you about hanging chads. Wow, you can't, wow. We can't count those people. Man, those people, look, they, oh, that chat, huh? we got to do it by machines. Machines are trustworthy. We'll, I, I don't want to be labored. You, you, picking, you picking up what I'm down? You get what's going on? And so I want to encourage you that all politics are local and we can win, but we got to get involved. That's why I want to honor today again. Oh, I got to pull the pull up, Rand, pull up that video from Randy. Before you do that, huh? Enemies have crept in unaware. Hang on right there a second. Pull up what's right before it, if you would. Daily Wire, huh? Christianity Today. Christianity Today. All of their donations went to Democrats, 2015, 2022. Christianity Today. I'm going to say it again. All the donations of Christianity Today staff between 2015 and 22, all went to Democrats. Christianity Today, started by Billy Graham, right? Huh? Hey, folks, we've met the enemy, and it's us. We're the enemy. We are the enemy. And Christianity Today is donating to the homo agenda, the transgender agenda. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. Oh, yeah, they are. Christianity Today. Unbelievable. Okay, so pull up what pull up uh, what Randy did, because I want you guys to be able to share this. As you know, uh, I, <clears throat> I think the world of Randy. I think Randy's got deep understanding about what's going on. And yeah, Billy Graham's a Freemason. That's right. And so Randy's the one who came up with the idea of, of uh, going and staking. Well, actually came from Steve Hemphill, but uh, of staking, walking, taking, taking authority. Locally, locally. The Lord said, everywhere you put your foot, I've given unto you as an inheritance. Let me tell you something. I, don't, I can't put my feet in Israel. I can't put my feet in Honolulu. I can't put my feet at the Kremlin. But I can put my feet locally. There are places here locally where I can put my feet. And if we're going to take back territory for the cause of Christ, my friends, we have to do it locally. Amen. Right? We begin to win the battle locally at the precinct level. And so Randy, as you know, let's put it at 1.5 speed. Randy came up with the initiative where we went to all 12 of the courts and read the declaration and we did all that stuff. And friends, are you looking at me? We ought to be doing this every day someplace someplace do you believe in spiritual warfare do you believe that we have god given authority over principalities and powers jesus said i'm sorry um, the scripture says to go every place we that's joshua one isn't it pull that up there real quickly joshua one joshua i think it's joshua one <clears throat> sorry just kind of off the top of my hat, head here Joshua 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, son of Moses, saying, Moses is dead. Hey, it's my turn now. My turn now. My turn to give my life away. Moses, my servant, is dead. So you get off your butt and go over the Jordan. Ain't no Moses coming. You get up. And all the people under the land, which I give to them, even to the children of Israel, Every place that the sole of your foot treads upon, I have given that unto you. Now, is that true or not? Is that true or is that not? From the wilderness of Lebanon, even under the great river, the Euphrates, all the lands of the Hittites and the Democrats and the Luciferians and under the great sea toward the going down of the sun, that shall be your coast. There shall not be any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Because as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you, and I will not fail you, and I will not forsake you. So be strong and have a good courage. For unto his people shall, unto who? Unto his, this people shall you divide an inheritance of the land. Who does the land belong to? Does the land belong to the government Luciferians? According to the Lord, it belongs to what? The inheritance which I swear to give to your fathers, to give to them. But hey, he says, listen, you got to be strong, very courageous. 
that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from the right, but from the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Book of the law will not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate there in day and night. You may observe to do, observe to do, observe to do, observe to do, according to all that is written then. And if you do that, then I'm going to make your way prosperous. You're going to have great success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong, very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For God's with you wherever you go. This is so clear, so clear. Go and don't be afraid. 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 Be afraid and go. Be afraid and go. Go, but don't be afraid everywhere you look. Because he said what? Pass through the host and command the people saying, prepare your victuals for over the three days shall pass over this Jordan to go and to the possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess. Possess. I'm going to ask you a question. What hunk of land out there doesn't belong to the Lord? And why aren't we possessing it? Two reasons, three reasons. We're afraid. We're comfortable. And we think the Lord doesn't want us to. We're not supposed to be involved in politics, right? Huh? So Randy made a video to show all of you out there how to possess your land. And hang on. What land is yours? Well, none of it. What land is the Lord's? Every place you put your foot. Every place you put your foot, it's the Lord's. Go take it. You say, oh, coach, that's dominionism. You dumbass. Pardon me. We're supposed to take dominion. We're supposed to. Are we supposed to have Satan dominion? Our theology is so screwed up. So Randy made a little video here and old, old buddy Joe. They went out. He, Randy made a six-minute video here on how to go reclaim territory. Hey, friends, what did Dr. Frank say? It's got to start local. If you think that we're going to get victory at Washington, D.C., or even at your state capital, he said Ohio is the absolute worst Republican government in the nation, Ohio. The government in Ohio is the worst rhino government in America. That's what he said. That's what he said. He lives in Ohio, right? He's done all the research on it. So, we're just going to play this, then we're going to put it in the chat, okay? We're going to put it in the chat. This is how you claim the territory. Yes, you can go pound stakes if you want to. You can, but you don't have to. But it's a great symbol symbolism. Steve Deck and his crew, Myra and those guys, they took stones. They laid down stones as a marker. Every place they put their foot, they claimed it for the Lord. We have to take back what the devil stole. Go ahead and play this at 1.5 speed. Randy did a great job. You make me proud. Here we are, folks. Me and Roy, Randy, and Joe. We're here. We're just three Christian men that believe in God's power to, to change this nation, county at a time. Hey, we're here. No Water County uh, Courthouse in No Water, Oklahoma. That's where I live, close by here. And we're going to read some declarations, decrees, and do some spiritual warfare in the, in the second heaven and deal with some things that has authority, that have, that have taken, uh, putting a criminal element in our country, in our nation, and even in our counties. So, folks, this is something we can do to stop dark, darkness and evil in our counties. And it's to take back the judicial system and the court system. And God's given us a way to do it, and it's called righteousness and justice. And it's by his people standing up and declaring and decreeing his word over those counties and over those judges and these systems. And we're just, that's really over. So he's going to video us. So we're going to go up the steps here. We've already been around the building and prayed and did some prayer. And we're going to do it just like the walls of Jericho. They came down on the seventh time. So we're going to do probably six more times here in a little bit. But right now, we're up here at the front door, at the threshold. And we're going to start the declarations. Roy, won't you start on those? Father yeah. God, we are here because you are, we are boots on the ground. We are your witness to what we're, you are doing in the covenant nation by your spirit. And being obedient to your call, we are holy, <coughs> holy vessels boldly delivered and declare your word. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we speak in faith. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6.10. 
Your will is good and acceptable, perfect, according to Romans 12.2. Your word that goes forth from your mouth shall not return to you void, but it will accomplish what it you please, and it shall prosper <coughs> in the things for which it is sent for, Isaiah 55.11. Amen. All right. You can hear. You can video me. I'm going to read, and then I'm going to hand it to Joe. Folks, anybody can do this. Anybody can do this. Here, this county courthouse. We've been to the nation already, folks. We've done 12 U.S. appellate courts back in September. We got the ball rolling with what God's doing in this nation. He may do this worldwide. We'll find out. Time will tell. All right, but Roy, just, he just spoke three scriptures. Now we're going to start the declarations. And this is what we declare as God's people on this earth, his covenant nation, by the way. Here's what he said we're going to say. Therefore, the eternal words that the Lord God has spoken through all his law, the prophets and Christ himself, we repeat as ambassadors of your holy ecclesia, as sons of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. These living words that we speak today set in motion your divine decrees along with its divine judgments over this covenant nation and all of North America. Where did they land? In the, Mayfl the compact, Mayflower Compact, when the Puritans came, the pilgrims. They landed and they said to the whole North American continent, for your glory and the majesty of God, that's what they declared. That's what the Mayflower Compact said. For the Christian advancement of the Christian faith. So that's not just America, it's this whole North American continent. So just as former men of God have previously declared that it is written with righteous and godly documents, such as the Mayflower Compact, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, and so on, we also declare upon that great and true foundation these additional and timely prophetic decrees of which we now lay. As we stand over and not under these twelve, these institutions of law today, this is one of them, this is being within our righteous and lawful position, we concur that his divine judgments be final and without recourse to the entire Babylon system that has hijacked and usurped the government from the shoulders of Jesus Christ. May the Lord confirm his prophetic word with signs following according to Mark chapter 16, verse 20. So being in agreement with our forefathers, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of God's people to alter or abolish it and to institute new righteous government. Amen. That's the Declaration of Independence, folks, word for word, written July 4, 1776. It is within this context that our true and honest motives here is to honor our founding fathers, their Christian intent, by boldly delivering in person these heavenly decrees for such a time as this. And also, we confirm that the wording of the fathers, of the founding fathers, we the people, was intended towards a righteous people, not a secular people. All right, folks, that's the end of our declarations. We're going to come back in a minute. We're going to do a couple of laps around the building and pray and just create an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do. So we'll be back in a moment. Okay, pretty simple, isn't it, folks? Put that in the chat for people. F folks, we've got to begin to do this. There was confirmation for me last night from Dr. Frank. It's all local. It's all local. It's all local. And even though we don't like to admit it, or we don't like to do it because the church tells us we're not supposed to, we need to show up outside our elected officials' homes and demand. You need to show up outside your local county register's office and demand paper ballots. Paper ballots. Dr. Frank said last night, they purged. Those, he said, anybody working to purge the voter rolls, you are wasting your time because they will purge them and then they will put them all back in for 30 days of the election and then they will purge them again. He says it goes on all across the nation because those in positions of authority are conspiring together. Psalm 2. Oh, my goodness. I've gone for 50 minutes. Go ahead, Myra. Anybody else? I got more. I got more. Yes, Coach. Uh, concerning today's topic, build a local movement. It is written, Zachariah 4, 5 to 6. That is Zachariah 4, 5 to 6. Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what thee be? And I say, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, this is the word of the Lord unto Surabbabel, saying, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Donald Trump won't save us. Uh, Republicanism won't save us. MAGA won't save us. 
only Christ can save us. Christians, everywhere you put your foot, it's given unto you as an inheritance. Only be strong and very courageous. Be not afraid. Be not dismayed. For the Lord is with you wherever you go. We have got to reclaim this territory for the cause of Christ. Yes, we have to get on the central committees. Yes, we have to get on the school boards. Yes, but remember, as the Luciferians teach us, first above, then below. We have to capture the heavenlies. We have to make that our focus. Jeff Klein, come on in. Coach, I told him Tuesday night in the garage, I said, Pastor Matt's gone this week, went down to Southern States. I said, when he gets back, he's probably going to be having some people hammering. He put on the sign out front of the church that we this church stands for life. Vote no on issue one. He put it right out on his sign. I said, you watch. These God haters and politicians are going to come after him. Separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. Then yesterday, I had a little old woman come on my car lot. We were busy. There's things going on. People there. This woman walked up and she said, hey, I don't want to buy a car and I don't need a repair, but I just wanted to shake your hand. I said, for what? She said, for putting them signs out in front of your business on vote no on issue one. She did. No business owners will take a stand in a community and put that out there. I just wanted to thank you for doing that. She was there for probably 20 minutes talking. And she different Christian, different religion. She said, and I told her, we got to come together. She said, I agree. So we invited her down for Tuesday nights and up on Saturday on the square. I said, just come up. She's Catholic. I said, just come, come and meet some of us. They're hanging out here. So it was a good meeting with her. Amen. Amen. All politics are local. All And Dr. Frank said last night, again, are you ready? They're going to hate you. They are going to hate you. But the only way that we will get any, make any progress at all, is you have got to put the pressure on your local officials. Your local officials. Hold your local officials accountable. Go to their houses. Hand out literature with their name on it. That is the only, the people in, in, people in D.C., they don't care. They don't care. They don't care. All politics is local. Rochelle. Hey, good morning, coach. Good morning, team. Um, you know, I like a lot of people getting involved in this level, you know, soliciting your officials. Gosh, it feels like you just don't have you. Have, you we're all juggling so much. There's so much coming out of at us. And I can honest, I can honestly say that I, I'm not going to be able to pick up this mantle and run with it. But I just want to encourage those who do have extra time that they can devote to this because the in France, France is big. There's a lot of people in France and they still hand count their ballots. Yes. I think that is the answer. I think everything else is a lie. What? It might take a little longer. I don't care. Well, Rochelle, right now our elections are fake and rigged and stupid because they're not real. So Dr. Frank said last night, friends, this, this is powerful. He said, first of all, you better realize this. You're the government. We're the government. It ain't those people in those buildings. We're the government. He said, do you have any idea what the election budget is in your local community? How much money is, I don't know why I'm frozen. Can you hear me? We can hear you. We can hear you. Uh, How how much money is budgeted locally for your election? He said, you will be astonished. He said, it'll be in the millions of dollars that the local government is spending on elections. Don't let them tell you that they don't have the money to hand count the ballots. Don't let them tell you that. They got the money to do it. They don't want to do it because if they don't hand count the ballots, they can manipulate it. Exactly. Exactly. And the one other point I wanted to make is that really we are all of this election fraud. Oh, my gosh, guys. The reason Biden was elected is because he more fake ballots came in for him than any other president ever elected, including Obama. Do you guys really think that he got more votes than Trump or Obama? No, nobody believes this except. Well, I, I, I actually there are people who believe this. But the more we get out and speak up and talk to people, 
I talked to people about this election who really truly thought it what you know what maybe biden really did win and when i bring up the point oh really do you think biden got more votes than even obama did michelle, michelle they're like you got, you've got to see the charts that dr frank has it's it's irrefutable it's irrefutable right. but he said they don't care about the evidence they sure they don't look at maricopa county that if anybody wants to see how bad and how much they will ignore you, look at what happened in Maricopa County. They don't care. They don't care. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So uh, I was encouraged. I was real. I'm good. I'll get him on the show. Certainly I can get him on the show. It was, it was folks. You cannot believe the evidence. They have irrefutable evidence that the election was stolen. Yes. Electronically but by ballot harvesting and ballot stuffing. That's how it's done. They already have ballots filled out. And the reason they stop in the middle of night, how about it, wasn't seven states? Was it in seven states that they stopped the voting? He said what happened in 2016 is they believed, that was the Hillary election in 2016, they believed the polling and they didn't print enough fake ballots. That's why Trump won. They were overwhelmed. They never, they were, they were stuffing it just like forever, but they didn't have enough stuff ballots. They underestimated it. And now they have by the millions fake ballots already ready to put into the system. And they stopped the voting. Why? Because they had to get those trucks to truck them in so they could get them into the machines. You get what's going on now? Huh? And so they're chasing us down a bunny, bunny trail about machines. And yes, it's machines. And yes, they're rigged. And yes, they can tap into them. And yes, and all that stuff. But that's not where it is. That's not where it is. It's in the fake ballots. It's in the corrupt voter rolls. That's where, that's where they're doing it. That right now already, they probably have fake ballots already printed with fake addresses and fake names and dead people. And the people at the Board of Elections are so overwhelmed they can't check every signature. They can't check the death. They can't check them. They just overwhelm them, overwhelm them through fake voter registrations. And then they match them about, wow, huh? wow, 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 wow. So I was encouraged because what? We got to do what we're doing. We got to do what we're doing and not fall into the trap that they're all trying, that the Russians did it and the Chinese. See, that's all bait and switch, all of it. Folks, we would clean things up if we just made them all go back to hand ballots on the day of the election. Hand ballots on election day. Hand, you say, well, what about the military? Well, then we can do military ballots. But to think that we have to have a month that we need a month to vote because those poor black people in the inner city they can't get to a polling location. Folks, wake the hell up. Because if we don't get control of it, we will never be free again. It's a plan. It's the plan. It's what's going on. It's all voter manipulation, ballot manipulation, cheating. And the only place we stop it is got to stop it locally. Got to stop it locally. Coach, can I get in for a second? Yes, please do. Coach, <clears throat> listen. This, folks, everybody's having their time robbed, okay? Everyone. Yeah. I run a business, Coach. I run a farm. <laughs> I'm helping my son build a house. My wife's gone for 10 days. I'm batching. I'm sick. <laughs> I've been sick for two or three weeks, probably a month, Coach. And I, and I have people bail on me. And I still went up and I did my thing because I said, I'm committed to it. I'm going to lay down my life because I believe in this. It matters. We all are in the same boat. None of us have time, but you got to make time. You have to take that hour of the of that month or something. And you guys, we have to do this. We can turn this. It it is so doable, Coach. But we have to sacrifice our body, ourselves, our time to do it. I, Randy, not as a, is it doable? It's his command. If I can do it, anybody can do it, Coach. I'm just a dumb old concrete guy out here. Hey, we anybody can do this. Amen. Amen. There's no excuses, Coach. The church is. If you want to be with them and stay in the fourth safe zone walls of the safe zone, that's fine. Whatever. 
But there are no excuses. I'm, yeah. I make none, Coach. Amen. None. Hey, Randy, Andy just put something in the chat. I got to run. That's so true. Dr. Frank said the same thing. Folks, the Republican Party is captured, but it can be recaptured. Some of you, if you were to go and check with your local Republican Party, there are open seats on the executive committee right now open seats that you could go and say, I would like to fill that seat. And until we get righteous people back in authority locally, remember everything's local, your local Republican party. If you take over your local central committee, we'll see changes beginning to happen. Angie says right now, five of them right now, she's filling seats, open seats. We got to get involved. Despite what your pastor told you, we're not supposed to get involved in politics. Huh? It's God's people, man. It's Gideon's army. Let's go get them. God bless you. See you tomorrow.